your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans, Penguin fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Hunter Hodes of Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins. Hunter, how are we doing today, buddy? Uh, not too too bad, man. These these franchises have been in the news a lot these last couple of uh, last couple of weeks, last couple of days uh, for different reasons. So you know, it's good that we're getting together to do a cool crossover. Yeah, absolutely, and a little bit of drama, like you said, for both of these teams. But I wanted to first ask you about the situation with the general manager Jim Rutherford. He resigns for you guys uh, about a week ago, give or take. Uh, how much of a surprise was this for you, and was there any way to see this coming here? Uh, it was probably the most surprised that I had been with a penguin move in quite some time. Definitely didn't see it coming. I mean, it sounded like he had the job for life if he wanted it, but resigned out of the blue, I think due to something philosophical, you know, that's the rumor going around right now is that there was a disagreement with the higher ups in the organization and that he just said, you know what, screw it. And he left seven games into the season. So, um, they're, they're actively looking for his replacement. There's been some, they're, they're, they're short list consists of candidates who, are not Dale Talon, Pierre Maguire, or Peter Shirelli. So that's a win in my book. I was always scared that they're going to hire someone like that. But, yeah, man, it was definitely something I didn't see coming, and I think it not only shocked this fan base, but I think it shocked the hockey world in general. Yeah, and I mean, what can you say about just uh, the job that he's done, or that he did with the Penguins, rather? I mean, those last two championship teams, his fingerprints were all over them. So, I mean, what can you say about the job that he did there? Yeah, I mean, the, the banners will fly forever. That's what you mostly, most people should remember from his time here. Um, though he did lose his way the last few years, Tom Wilson got inside his head, um, kind of made trades for the sake of making trades. I think overall for his tenure in Pittsburgh, man, he had made over 50 trades in six to seven seasons that he was here. I think that's the most of any general manager in the league, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, he just kind of like went back just trying to correct previous errors and then just by doing another error and just went back and forth. Um, you know, he, he, there's a couple moves that he made this season that are looking good, I would say. The Kapanen trade has looked better because he's looked – I thought he looked great against the Rangers in both those games. The Hornquist deal, not so much. But, you know, the P.O. Joseph for Phil Kessel, that trade looks even better now because just how great he's been in the, in the small sample size that he's played in. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like I said, from his tenure, the Cups will live forever. He was great with those two years of just building the team and retooling. But after that, just lost his way. And, to be honest, like, I, I don't know why people were calling for his job after these last couple of seasons. I understand it. And to be frank, I do think a, a fresh voice was needed, and I'm hoping they go for this new um, general manager they bring in, someone who's more younger, innovative, uses analytics more in their thinking, and just can be here for the longer term, especially after um, the window closes. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you mentioned Kasperi Kapanen briefly there, and I actually have him written down in my notes. I want to ask you a little bit about him because in the offseason, you know, I remember the Rangers. I don't know how much steam this ever really picked up, but the Rangers were definitely interested, maybe looking into some kind of a way that they could strike a deal with the Leafs to bring back Kapanen. And it's an interesting situation with the Penguins because you guys actually drafted him. You dealt him for, yep. to Toronto, and then you bring him back in another trade. So, I mean, what have you seen from him so far this season? I saw, you know, he got the Rangers for a goal and an assist in the in the first of these most recent two meetings. But, I mean, how has he played overall for the Penguins this season? 
I thought he's honestly been one of their best players since he's come over from Finland. I mean, in their first game, I mean, in his first game against the Capitals, he was their best skater on the ice, and he wasn't even there for training camp or some of the games before that. That just goes to show how fresh he was. His speed is so evident every time he steps onto the ice. Um, he's almost kind of been a breakaway specialist, too, on the goal against the Rangers on Saturday night. Um, scored on a breakaway over Georgiev. Um, I think it was a great pass for Malkin to spring him. And he's just, he's flying out there. He has, sometimes has trouble taking um, some passes on his stick, but has a wicked shot. Um, he's looked great next to Gino. I think he's honestly going to stay there um, for a lot of the season. I know he was um, handpicked to go play with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, but I think right now that Zucker-Malkin-Kapner line has looked good, even though Gino is just kind of starting trying. He's trying to find his way, though. I'm sure we're going to get to that later on in this episode. But I just really like what I've seen from him. And if he can continue this offensive production, um, a lot of people I think are going to look at that trade differently, you know, just because, of the, of course, they gave up that top 15 pick. And you know, all, there are all the questions, myself included, you know, was that – like a good price to pay for him. But right now, you know, I think that trade is looking better than expected for Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. Now I got to ask you about this too. If you've been following this Tony D'Angelo dumpster fire of a situation with the Rangers here, I mean, are you up to date on what's going on there? I have. Yeah. Um, There was, there were some people, um, some Penguins fans in the fan base that um, were wanting, excuse me, they were wanting the Penguins to go after him. And it was like, why? I mean, it was just like, yeah. it almost just reminds me of the um, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell situation with the Steelers. Well, mostly Antonio Brown, which is how toxic he was. Um, you just, you know, I, I read a great tweet. I think it was from Adam Gretz or something. Like, you know, the Rangers need defense. I mean, you have Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, and then after that, it, there's not much. And the fact that they're cutting a guy who had a 50-point season last year um, because he's so toxic, like, that just goes to show like how toxic he is on the team if, if you're not even going to keep someone who put up over 50 points um, just a season ago. So I don't know why Penguin fans would want that on their team. Yes, I understand maybe defense, but you'd be better off making a trade for someone like Vince Dunn or Travis Dermott, which I've suggested on the Locked on Penguins podcast, or some other defenders, some, some bottom feeder teams too. So, yeah, man, it's – it's been a dumpster fire to see. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I've been talking about it quite a bit over these last couple of days. You know, obviously all of yesterday's episode was, was spent about Tony D'Angelo, and then I actually did a spot with Locked On Leafs, and I don't know, that might be a part of today's Locked On NHL episode. I'm not sure how they're going to go there, but it's just a very sad situation, really. I mean, it's, you know, you've got a guy who you mentioned who, as a defenseman, puts up 58 points in, I think, just 70 games last season. So you're almost getting a point per game from a defenseman. And now he's become so toxic or, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use. And it's looking like it's at least possible. I floated this as a possibility in yesterday's episode. I mean, I don't think this will happen, but it's possible that this could have been his last NHL game because think about it. I mean, this guy was a first-round draft pick. He's only 25 years old. And he now just burned bridges with his third team. I mean, I I do think he'll get at least one more chance. But if you're the Rangers, I don't know how you handle this because they've said that he's played his last game with the Rangers. Obviously, he went unclaimed on waivers, which is to the surprise of no one. So, I mean, do you try to trade him? I mean, I'm sure they'll try. But I don't know how you're going to get a deal done without either eating half the contract or and or tossing in a draft pick to go along with him, you know, kind of the way that they traded Mark Stahl in the offseason. Now, Mark Stahl wasn't a headache the way Tony D'Angelo was, but with Mark Stahl, they traded him to Detroit along with a second-round draft pick, basically saying, uh, here, you guys pay Mark Stahl this year, and you can have this second-round draft pick. I don't know, maybe they they can do something similar with Tony D'Angelo, but that would be unfortunate, too. you got a rebuilding team, and to have to give away, you know, a second-rounder or a first-rounder or whatever it might be, 
Uh, it's just not a good situation. And, it, it, you know, the fact that the Rangers actually won the game last night, uh, just a complete sigh of relief, I think, for myself and, and probably every Ranger fan. Yeah, you want to know in the post-Tony D'Angelo era. And honestly, man, I agree. I wonder if any teams are actually going to take a chance on it. I mean, it is the NHL, John, so I'm sure maybe a bottom feeder will be like, hey, you know, we'll just give him some minutes and try to um, rebrand him, I guess, is one word for it, or just kind of just talk to him, I guess. But, yeah, man, I mean, I honestly forgot that he was drafted by the Lightning. I always thought that he was drafted by um, Arizona because, of course, he was traded from Arizona to New York. So um, I actually completely forgot that he was the 19th pick from Tampa. I thought that was from Arizona, so my mistake on that. But, yeah, man, it's just I don't know if he's going to play again this season, um, but it's it's something to monitor. I wonder what they're going to get in return for him. I'm guessing, like you said, that it might be like a Mark Stahl situation. Hey, um, we'll give you a draft pick just to take him, like a second-round pick. I mean, I don't think they're going to – teams are going to force you to give up your first-round pick or something like that in a year. But I think like a second- or third-round pick at some point or like a roster player or something, they could be like, hey, you know, just give us this and we'll take him off your hands. Because I think he makes like, what, right. $4.8 million per or something like that? Before we get back to some of the Tony D'Angelo talk for today's episode, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always right below in the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck. You can ride locked on their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Yeah, he got a new deal, and, and, you know, he's just six games. I mean, the Rangers are now nine games into the season, but D'Angelo has only played in six of them. He was a healthy scratch for two games early in the season. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, he played only six games, and six games into this new contract that's going to pay him $9.6 million over two years, you know, the Rangers are bailing out. So, not so good for them either. I mean, if you were going to give up on him just six games into the season, and I realize he can be a headache, but, you know, I mean, maybe you shouldn't have signed him to that contract in the first place. Maybe you should have tried to sell high in the offseason, which there were rumors that they did try to do that, and they didn't find a taker. They didn't find a deal that they liked. But you can't tell me Tony D'Angelo coming off of the season that he had putting up 58 points. There's 30 other teams in the league. I mean, somebody had to have been willing to make a decent offer to the Rangers if they felt like, you know what, this, this guy's too much of a wild card we're better off selling high here. Uh, and unfortunately, nothing came to fruition. The Rangers hang on to them, and now they've got quite the mess on their hands. Yeah, they're basically paying the price with that right now pretty efficiently. I saw, I saw with that report, you know, apparently he fought, you know, Georgiev basically punched him or something like that. Then I saw that, I think there was a report from Blue Shirt Banner or something, Adam Herman, that was debunked that um, uh, Kreider got involved or something like that. But I think John Davidson said that that was, like, not true at, at yesterday at the media conference. I think that yeah. was what I read. Yeah, you know, the narrative's kind of been changing and, you know, the story's kind of been evolving in a lot of different ways. I know that one theory that was 100% debunked was that Tony D'Angelo, you know, Kay Andre Miller scored his first goal a couple games ago. And, uh, you know, you could see D'Angelo was on the ice and you could see him fishing the puck out of the net and he picked it up. Uh, there was a rumor that D'Angelo was actually keeping that puck away from Kay Andre Miller, which uh, even, yeah, and, and, and even Miller's camp uh, said that that's not true as far as Kay Andre knows. Uh, the puck is in the possession of the training staff. So I don't really know where that one came from. Um, and then, you know, even some of the things, you know, that Blue Shirts Banter website, uh, there were some unnamed sources. Apparently this guy had three, Adam Herman had three separate unnamed sources that said that T Tony D'Angelo was mistreating K. Andre Miller. And then John Davidson in his press conference said that that wasn't true. There wasn't any friction <laughs> between the two of them. So, I mean, yeah. who knows? I, I, you know, I've seen Adam Herman 
uh, on, I've read some of his articles. I've seen him on social media. I don't think he's the kind of guy that just makes things up. But, you know, when you have an article like that and all three sources, you know, there's no quotes. They, you know, they're unnamed sources. Are they players? Who are these people? You know what I mean? So it, it does make you scratch your head a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the whole situation is a mess. I, I don't even know what else to say about it. Yeah, I really don't think there is um, anything much to say about it. Um, that game last night, though, man, um, you know, just the Penguin power play continues to just kill. I think me and every other Penguin fan has died just because of how bad it is. I think if they score one or two power play goals on those six opportunities, they probably win that game three to one. Yeah, I agree. And especially when you look at how the first period went last night. It's funny because I feel like that game last night kind of went the opposite of the way a lot of Ranger Penguins games have been going this season in that mm-hmm. the Penguins got off to the hot start. You know, usually what's been happening is the Rangers would get like an early lead and then the Penguins seem to find their game somewhere in the second period. And obviously the Penguins have been an outstanding third period team this season. And it's almost like, man, we got these guys right where they want them. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, if, if the Penguins power play could have stepped up and, you know, it's not just that they were 0 for 6. Uh, they just didn't look dangerous on many of their chances, I didn't think. And, and now, granted, the Ranger penalty kill has been very good lately. They do get a lot of practice because they take a lot of penalties. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I think it was kind of just the perfect storm last night, man. You know, the Penguins have obviously been scuffling on the power play. The Rangers have been very good on the penalty kill. And it certainly looked that way, uh, watching all the Penguin power play opportunities last night. Yeah, it's been like that the whole season, man. I mean, they, 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 they gain the zone almost every time, you know, the puck is cleared, and then they just stop. And then they'll just pass the puck back and forth. And then they just won't fire the puck to the net. And, you know, I said this on my episode last, late last night. I am never a guy that's going to shoot, uh, to shout from level 200 or something, shoot it, shoot it, you know, like those, those weirdos that you hear at hockey games and whatnot. But, I mean, for God's sake, you got to take a shot at some point. You can't just be looking for the perfect pass. That seems to be all they're doing. Um, I read a stat from Adam Gretz that I had on the podcast on Monday. I think they're averaging 67 shot attempts per 60 on the power play this year. That is dead last in the league. Um, I think the next closest team is 72. Um, with the talent that this team has on their top power play unit, that's unacceptable. Um, I yeah. don't know. It, it's coaching. It's players. It's everyone. No one is absolved from blame here. They got to do something. Maybe taking Evgeny Malkin off the top power play unit because every time it seems he touch, the puck touches a stick, the play dies. He forces the pass when there's three Rangers players there or something like that. It's just a bad unit right now. You just got to get pucks to the net. I mean, they're obviously missing Patrick Hornquist right now. Um, I have five goals, three power play goals this year. Three of them, three of the five are power plays. So um, it's just, it's not a good unit right now. And it is like that. If it continues to be like that, I mean, that's going to sink their season. All right, so before we do get back to this episode, it is time to talk about betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered, one place we trust that is betonline. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% off Vulcan bonus. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with, with the talent they have, it's probably only a matter of time until they start to get it going a little bit. And, you know, I, I think they're like, oh, for their last 20. It's something like that. I might be off by one or two there. But, you know, I think something that can happen and you can speak to this better than I can, having watched the Penguins every single game. But maybe it gets to a point where you're not scoring and, and you're looking for that perfect scoring opportunity instead of just putting the puck on the net like you mentioned, um, you know, going for that extra pass, those extra two passes. I mean, are you seeing that overall? through these games yeah that's that's mainly what they're doing they're just they're going for that extra pass they're trying to put fit it in a passing lane that's that's not there 
and then whether it's the Rangers, Washington, Boston, they get the puck and they just clear it. And it's like, what's the point of all the zone time if you're not going to fire the puck on net? I think in their six power plays last night, John, they had six shots overall. I mean, if you get six power plays, you should have like 13, 15 shots or something like that. That's just, that's kind of pathetic if you ask me. Um, it's just, there's a lot of issues with it. I mean, I could spend an hour talking about the power play and just dumping on it, but we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> on this episode. But yeah, if, yeah. if, if the team is going to go anywhere, um, the power play, they, they need, they need an average power play. I mean, that's really all you need. If you, if your power play is two for six last night, like I said, you win, they win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I want to ask you about this as well. So, obviously, you know, it's a tight game last night, very different than the game that we saw them play on Saturday where, you know, both teams had a couple of defensive breakdowns and they were just scoring opportunities going back and forth. But this game is 1-1, and then uh, Chris Kreider scores on a deflection. He really needed a goal there. That was big for him. Uh, he scores on a deflection, gives the Rangers a 2-1 lead with about 10 minutes left. I think it was just less than 10 minutes. But the way the Penguins have been playing in the third period this season, not just against the Rangers, but really against everybody. I mean, as a Penguin fan, are you almost thinking like, all right, checkmate, we got these guys right where we want them. We're going to come back. We're going to win this game. I mean, does it get to that point where you start to feel that good uh, about the Penguins it, in the third period there? It, it seems like it, doesn't it, with the way they just yeah. come back in every game. I felt like it a little bit, but with the way they were playing in that third period, that was the time I was like, okay, I don't think they may do this tonight, just because, um, you know, they, they had a good a good 40 minutes before that. That was probably their two best periods um, in a row, I would say. And I was like, wow, they're actually pretty close to playing a full 60 here for their first time. Nope, didn't happen. Um, but yeah, even after Kreider got that goal, I mean, you could just feel that goal coming, though, because Arito took that stupid penalty. And the Rangers were also getting odd man rushes that entire period. And I didn't expect that to change after the Kreider goal. I mean, also, why is he in front of the net with no one around him? That's just... That's a bold strategy to leave one of the best net front presences, presences in the league just wide open in front of your goalie. So um, that was odd. But in all honesty, I just I, I knew kind of right then they lost. I was going to be pretty surprised um, if they came back again, um, especially when they got the power play. I'm like, well, you know, the Rangers took another penalty, so the game is over. You might as well just decline the power play at this point. And, and you know, it, <laughs> it killed their momentum. They had the six-on-five opportunity at the end. Um, and, you know, they just they, – they sunk it bad, too. So that was, I think, the only time this season where I was like, okay, with the way that they're playing in the third period, I don't think they're going to come back. Yeah, I've uh, – you mentioned, you know, declining the penalty, which obviously you can't do in hockey. But I've been there as a Ranger fan. There was one year in the playoffs. I, I don't remember what year it was. They all kind of blend together after a while. But the Rangers were really, really struggling on the power play to the point where they would be having the better of, of play – 5v5 and they would have all the momentum and then they would draw a power play and I'm like you know what just decline it just keep going five on five you're playing great yep. the power play is just going to screw everything up which is crazy to think <laughs> about but it, it can get to that point at times when, when your power play is scuffling uh, as bad as you know the, the Penguins power play is right now yeah, that's basically what happened last night, I thought. I thought the Penguins were about playing the Rangers at 5v5 for most of the game um, and then they would get a power play and then the momentum would go away and it would just be like and then they would get the momentum back kind of playing at 5v5, and then they'll get another power play. And then it was, just, it was a cycle back and forth. And it was just like, okay, can we just stop take getting power plays here so they can just keep the game at 5v5? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. Um, uh, and how about um, on the face-off circle? Because the Penguins, you know, they dominated over both these games. It's an area where the Rangers really struggle. So I'm wondering, uh, are the Penguins a good face-off team or are the Rangers – uh, a team that just really struggles and the Penguins took advantage of it. Because if you look at the game on Saturday, and obviously the Penguins won that game 5-4 to four in overtime, but two Penguin goals in that game came as the result of uh, clean face-off wins in the Rangers' zone. So I'm just wondering, man, are, are the Penguins that good in the face-off circle or were they taking advantage of uh, an area where the Rangers are, are struggling quite a bit? 
I mean, I think it's a mix of both. Sidney Crosby is one of the best face-off players in the league. Gino kind of struggles with it, but, I mean, Jankowski was even winning them last night, Teddy Bluger. And I don't really think Jankowski's been that good at face-offs this year. I'll have to double-check. Bluger's usually not bad. But I think it's, it's definitely a mix. I mean, with the Rangers struggling, and the Penguins just took advantage of it. And that, that could have been a turning point in the game. I think it was at one point, John, it was like, what, 32-14 to 14 in favor of Pittsburgh in the third period. That's like – that's something you really don't see every day with um, teams winning faceoffs that often. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think it was a mix of both. Yeah, I hear you, man. And it's one of those things like with the Rangers, you know, they struggled in this department last season. They didn't really do anything to, to address it coming into this season. Now, granted, it wasn't the deepest free agent class ever. I don't think there were, there were that many great centers available. But don't tell me you can't find like a bottom six center who just happens to be good at faceoffs that you can bring in. And, you know, I just want to have one guy on this team that can win 50% of his faceoffs. And, you know, if you're trying to protect a one goal lead late in the game, that you can throw him out there and feel pretty good about his chances of, uh, you know, winning a faceoff. Yeah, exactly, and I'll, I'll be curious to see which players um, like that are available this coming offseason. I haven't really t checked the uh, cap friendly yet, but I'm sure there's a couple under-the-radar players that will be available that, you know, you guys could probably add at a decent cap hit. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, talking, just getting back to uh, Tony D'Angelo for a quick second here, because this is something that we touched on a little bit, and you mentioned that, you know, you don't think you would want him on the Penguins. Just to, like, clarify, is this somebody that you're not touching if you're the Penguin GM? You don't want him coming anywhere near the Penguin locker room? Yeah, I, I really don't. Um, yeah. I just that, That's a hard pass for me, um, hard no, however you want to say it. And the captain just makes no sense, too. He makes, like you said, $4.8 I don't even think the Penguins can uh, absorb that right now. I know they have some players on the long-term IR, but, you know, what about when all these defense in return? I mean, you already have enough um, de decisions to make as it is with P.O. Joseph really coming into his own these last three to four games. What Are you going to make a trade when all these guys come back? Is Pedersen going to go on the block? Are you going to trade Matheson, who you just acquired for, when the new GM comes in? They, they just they have a lot more questions when all these guys come back, and I think adding Tony Giangelo, just, it just makes no sense for this team. I hear you, man. That makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, well, Hunter, this is a ton of fun like it always is. We got four down, we got four to go, and uh, that's not even taking into account when the Rangers and Penguins obviously meet each other in the playoffs this season. Yeah, I know, I'm sure, you know, especially as they've met so many times in the playoffs in recent years, it could happen again. Um, but yeah, man, these, these two games are a lot of fun. I think if Sidney Crosby would have had that lacrosse goal last night, we all would have melted. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> that was, that, yeah, that was he, nuts. Yeah. He tried, it, he, he tried it on his backhand too, which I don't think uh, I've seen a player try yet in the league. I know Sveshnikov did it twice on his forehand. So uh, the fact that Sid was that close on his backhand was pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, these two games are fun and we'll definitely do this again when they play. Um, to again, whether it's in New York or Pittsburgh. Yeah, and for the record, when Crosby was attempting that, I was like, oh my God, he's going to score. Like, I thought for sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen too much Sidney Crosby magic over the years, especially against the Rangers. And I'm thinking, like, you know, he just has to top himself here. You know, we haven't seen him do this, I don't think. I don't think he's scored with the lacrosse goal. Maybe he has. I don't think he's at least done it against the Rangers. But man, to do it on your backhand there and in a tight game, that, that, that would have been nuts to see him pull that off. Yeah, I don't think he's done it yet at the NHL level. That's one of the only um, awesome goals that I think we've yet to see him score throughout his career. So, but I, I definitely think he's going to try it again, though. Um, at you have to. Season, you have to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, yeah, Hunter, ton of fun, man, as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll do this again in the future. Yeah, for sure, man.